Hey friends, welcome to Twirl Talk Podcast. I am your host, Liz Cox, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Our hope here at Twirl Talk is that this is a place where you can come for wholehearted advice and encouragement in the midst of planning your wedding, but also for life far beyond that. This is a collection of really fun conversations with a variety of people, both in the wedding industry and outside of it, that simply want to come together and help you thrive the best that you can in every season of your life. So basically, this is like having life chats with your besties over a glass of wine and figuring out how not to lose your mind in the midst of all the crazy. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, then sister, you're in good company here. Hello, hello, my friends. How are you all? I hope this finds you well on whatever day you're tuning in. Uh, Today is June 22nd, 2021, and this might be my most anticipated episode (laughs) of the podcast ever. Uh, I have dreamed and prayed of having Jess on the podcast, and you all have been requesting her since literally 2018 when we launched this thing. So, Man, it just feels really special to have this friend on the podcast, finally. And just the timing of all of this feels so, so special and so just right. (laughs) Um, Not that if we had had Jess on prior to, that it would have been not special and not right, but the conversation that we are having today on the podcast just feels like perfect timing. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen. (laughs) If you all do not know who Jess is, Jess Conley is a woman who wants to leave her generation more in awe of God than she found it. She is passionate about family, God's word, and seeing women take their place in the kingdom. She's an author, a church leader, and a coach. She's been real busy writing nine books, (laughs) including Wild and Free with Haley Morgan, You Are the Girl for the Job, and the one we're talking about today, Breaking Free from Body Shame, which is out today. That's right. I'm telling you, the timing, you all is the best. Jess and her husband Nick live in Charleston, South Carolina, where they've planted Bright City Church. They have four wild and hilarious kids, Elias, Gloriana, Benjamin, and Cannon. Jess was the person that I followed on Instagram for years, and by the Lord's kindness, we have just become internet friends, and uh, fingers crossed, when I'm in Charleston in August, we finally get to hug in real life. And make this uh, make this friendship all the more official. Uh, I'm gonna quit rambling, y'all, and I'm just gonna let you hear and listen in on this conversation that is so timely and so important and so graceful. So, guys, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this wonderful conversation with my sweet, sweet friend Jess Connolly. Friends, she's here. We are so excited. You have asked for her for so long. And it's sweet. I was telling her before we started this, I was like, Jess, it's crazy because when people started asking for you, we weren't really friends yet. I loved you from afar, but now we're actually actually friends, friends. right? It's the best together today. I know, man. I mean, twist my arm. I can drive to Charleston real quick. Okay. Okay. Maybe we'll do a part two later this summer. Love it. Wouldn't that be great? Um, but friends, for those of you who don't know Jess, she is a woman of many talents. You're all the things, uh, business owner, author, you're literally all bar instructor, mom, wife, pastor. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on, but really you're just, 
you're Jess and you're fabulous. <laughs> and you've I'm written really just Jess. You're really just Jess. And that's the beauty of it is I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in like, they do all these things. But at the end of the day, it's just like, you're a woman who's just taking it day by day. You it's know? real. I like, I have to say this. It's interesting. So I, my, I have a friend in her town. It's one of my oldest friends and she's here visiting and we were hanging out this morning and we were talking about our strengths and our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, I, I am very aware that my, I mean, this is true for all of us, right? Our biggest strengths are often our biggest weaknesses. Aren't they though? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so um, I often say like, as an example, I talk too much. That's great. I always yeah. have something to say. I've written nine mm-hmm. books in six years. I don't have a shortage of words, um, but I talk too much. So that's real. But I was telling her, we were talking about leadership and business mm-hmm. and all the stuff I have going on. And I was telling her, I do know I'm fully aware that my superpower is that I just say yes. Mm. Now, this is now. the thing that drives everyone in my life crazy is that I just say yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm, I don't count the cost. My husband says that my life motto is aim. No. He says it's fire. No. <laughs> what is the phrase? Like ready, set, aim, ready, set. What is, how does it normally go? Ready, set, go. Or no. like aim, fire. Oh. Wow. We're, we're nailing this. What is that phrase? What is it? Ready, aim. fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. That one. No, that's not right. That's no. what he says I do. <laughs> well, there what you go. Phrase. We have to Google it. We have to, know. we have to find this out. Ready, aim, fire. Did we just say that? Fire, ready, aim. No, that is. No, fire would be first, right? I mean, last. Ready, aim, aim ready, fire. fire. Ready, aim, fire is what you're supposed to say. Ready, aim, fire is what you're supposed to say. Nick says that my life motto is ready, fire, aim. That I'm like, that's how I live my life. Like, I'm like, let's go, guys. I have a great idea. Done. Yeah. Wait, where are we going? <laughs> Why do we do that? We had no aim. <laughs> I like have never felt more known in my life. I'm yeah. like, same, same yeah. on every level. Any yeah. friend in my life that hears this will be like, oh, dear Lord, Liz and Jess are the same human. Ready, fire, aim. I'm like, so I'm like, say I can yes say all those things. Like I have four kids. That was like hardcore ready, fire, aim. I got married at 20, like literally basically had a, a bunch of kids without super thinking about it we started a church. I I tell people all the time, if I had known in my actual life, one-tenth of the pain and struggle and stress Mm -hmm. of plant, and then we would have not done that. You want to starting a business. Like there was no dream. There was no deep thought. There was no business plan. Like I, I bought a domain and I never stopped by the way. Now I own like over 80 domains because my life motto is ready, fire, aim. (laughs) Say yes and figure it out later. I get, yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. You just, you figure it out. And then you're, you're a woman that has, you know, a list of a hundred titles and you're like, and I don't even know how I got them all, but we're here and we're doing it. We're We're here. We're having so much fun. Yeah. I feel it. So the, the last, um, fire you shot off and now you're, you know, aiming for whatever is you, uh, (laughs) you wrote a book about body shame and breaking free of it. 
Uh, it might be my favorite book you've written yet. Mm-hmm. And that's a strong thing to say because mm-hmm. you've written some doozies in the best way. Encouraging. But You're this one encouraging. just, this one is, I don't, this one's just different. And do you feel that? Do you feel like this one feels different than other ones? Yeah. 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 I've loved all my other books. I love the ones that nobody else likes. And you know, they're like your kids. You're like oh, the underdogs, you know, the ones that yeah don't sell well are, are some of my favorites. Right. But I, I have a unique feeling about this one and that I'll say, like, I don't, I don't get tired of talking about it. Mm-hmm. I do. I feel like I've not even begun to start talking about it. Which right. Is interesting. I wrote, you know, 60,000 words. And I'm, you know, posting 16 times a day about it. And I'm like, we haven't even started this. Right. And I, I do have this distinct feeling in my bones of like, what in the world would I write about after this, mm. which I've never felt that way before. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I love that though. But from a ready fire aim perspective, it's worth <laughs> noting. I, I do say people ask me a lot, like, why did you do this? Like, this was so wild. Like, what, mm-hmm. what were you thinking? Um, and I did it. I, I didn't think that, or people will say, I bet hmm. it was so hard to write. And I will say like, it wasn't, hmm. it was actually really life-giving to write. It, it didn't, it, it did feel brave, but yeah. it was the middle of the pandemic. I mean, we can talk all about that, but it, like, it was the middle of the pandemic. I was by myself. It was life-giving, mm-hmm. but every once in a while now in the launching of it, I was, I, I was actually on a meeting with my publisher a few days ago and there were like 15 people in the zoom room. So my team and the publisher's team and marketing people and all these people. And I did have a moment like deep gulp where I was like, we're all here because I wrote a book about not liking my body. Let's be, let's just put like, that out there. We're not talking about any of your bodies in this meeting, but we're for sure talking about right. mine. Yeah. So that's and, fun. Yeah. So I, I ha- I'll have, I was like, oh, I really got out on a ledge here, didn't I? We did that. <laughs> we really did that, didn't we? Yeah. But yeah, it feels different. I, I want to talk about it. I I think I want to talk about it forever. I, I, I think we're going to need to talk about it forever. Yeah. And today it's going to be a, a taste of that. So talk us through, talk us through how you kind of got to the space where you were like, let's write a book about breaking free your body shame. Like let, yeah. how did this, how did this come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, every book I've written, every book I've written has been full circle. Let's go back to the beginning of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Every book I've written has been about a moment, a place, mm-hmm. a weakness in my life mm-hmm. where God's power has, has been manifest. You're the girl for the job is about feeling inadequate. Mm-hmm. I wrote it in a season where I felt inadequate. Guess what? I still feel inadequate. And so it's still the truth that I need. It's still right. the, it's still the anthem that I need wild and free. We wrote, um, in a season of like breaking free from cultural constraints as Christian women. And what does this look like to step into our callings? I still need that. I'm still living that mm-hmm. out, but that was really real for me. That was an mm-hmm. actual struggle for me. Um, same with all my other books. They've all been like that. Mm-hmm. So partially why this book feels different is because this has been the area of weakness and pain in my life that has been constant. My earliest memory, absolute earliest memory of myself is feeling shame in my body. Mm. And I don't know where that feeling came from. I, I, Mm. I have memories of later on of people speaking, um, discouragement or, death or defeat or, you know, judgment over my body. But my earliest memory, I don't even know where the thought came from. I just felt not good in my body. Mm. And so from birth until 15, I 
I felt that I, I don't know that I lived a day in my body from zero to 15, you know, where I could cognitively think where I didn't feel shame about mm. my, how I looked yeah. essentially just what my body was. And, and it's goodness. And then I met Jesus when I was 15 and mm. started this wild relationship with him where I was like, I'm in, like, yeah. I want to go where you go. I want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever you want me to do for the rest of my life, I'm in, I'm in mm-hmm. deep but nobody was talking about what Jesus had to say about my body Mm. and nobody was talking about like what God thought about my body. And if they were, if I'm totally honest, if they were talking about it, it was really defeating and more discouraging Mm -hmm. than even what I believed before I met Jesus. So all of a sudden those feelings of not enoughness or not good enough or, or broken or other, now I, I felt like not enough for Jesus. I felt like he couldn't use me if my body was mm. broken. I felt like something was wrong with me spiritually. Yeah. Um, and so by, by some like honest, subtle, not so subtle messages I heard about my body and by some just messages I heard from the enemy of my soul, I developed mm. for me, what looks like just really disordered behavior, disordered mm-hmm. eating, disordered, um, patterns in my body and, um, just kind of started to believe this alternate gospel. Like mm-hmm. if I do the right things, if I, if my body is acceptable to other people, if I stay inside this kind of cage, caged contained, like I look like what people want me to look like, then I will be good. I will be good enough mm-hmm. for God. I'll be good enough for other people. Um, and the problem is just the way that my body is to, right. to even try to come near any cultural expectations. Mm-hmm. I have to do very disordered things. Mm-hmm. So I lived in that for about 10 years from about 15 to 25, just really, really, really uh, broken patterns of existence, of eating, mm-hmm. of exercise, of all the things. And just went from feeling like, um, extreme moments of shame and pain and darkness and defeat to, you know, really broken moments of trying to glorify my body and Mm. and thinking it was the best part of me. All that being said, something kind of broke in me around 25. I was starting to really begin to understand God's call on my life and what it looked like. I was starting to understand the gospel in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And this idea that like the the bad news is that I'm not enough. And the good news is that Jesus is. Mm. And so I started to realize that all these other places in my life where like the, the light of the gospel hit, they got better, except Mm. for this one area. I just wouldn't let the gospel hit it. So I just started to think there's Mm. gotta be more here. Like what does God think about my body? Yeah. What does God think about my body? And what does God say about my body? And what does God want from my body? And what does God want for my body? Hmm. And what do I believe about my body? So I just started asking all those questions and that essentially led to this back of the mind thought, I'm sorry, I'm such a long storyteller, but I warned you about the topic too much. It's my favorite. Keep going. (laughs) This led to a back of the mind thought, one day I'm going to write a book about body image. Yeah. One day I'll write a book about body image. We would say it back and forth. I'd talk to my editor about it, talk Mm -hmm. to my team about it. One day I'll write that book about body image. I had a meeting with my editor, March 4th of 2020. So right before the pandemic hit, I flew to go have a meeting with her. She said, listen, I want to like, I want you to pray about writing that body image book. I know you're not supposed to write a book this year. We'll think about it in 2021, maybe 2022. We'll come back to it, see how you're feeling. I said, that's a great idea. I'm going to do some research. Maybe I'll pray about it for a while. Um, 10 days later, the pandemic hit the United States and everything shut down. 
And I was not the girl that was like, well, I'm going to write a book in the pandemic. I was not trying to do that. I was like, I want to just go on walks with my family and try to make it through the day. Amen. But about halfway through April, my editor uh, asked to have a meeting with me over the phone. And she just asked me these questions. She said, how do you think women are feeling about their bodies right now? And how do you think women are going to feel about their bodies after the pandemic's over? And I was like, well, dang uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm the girl that's writing a book during the pandemic. So I, I started writing about three days later and 60 days after that, two months after that, the manuscript was done. It just came out. It, it just flowed like, out. It just came out. Yeah. Mm. And seriously, like what a time is this for this book? Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, crazy. I didn't even, none of us knew, right? We didn't know in April oh. and May of last year. Like I was the uber hopeful person. And um, this is a fun fact. I started something called the good news club amongst my friends and family where I would text them every day. Like this is back in like March, April, I, I would text it. them every day, the number of cases in our state. And I was like, see, it's almost over. We're good. Everything's fine. Everything's we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. We're good. Um, good news. The pandemic's going to be over. I, I thought I could will it into being, but <laughs> not so. Um, so I just don't, you tried. I, yeah. None of us knew. I didn't know. But I think what's interesting now is, you know, June, 2021, I think not only were were all of us just inside, not only did all of our rhythms change, but we have experienced so much stress and Mm. fatigue and distrust of our bodies. You've got an entire population of the world, like wondering if they're continually going to get sick. Yeah. So yeah. I, I had no idea. I had no idea how, just how timely this would yeah, be. Yeah. How much yeah. we need to talk about our bodies. I mean, it's wild. It, and it's one of those things, you know, if you had written this pre pandemic, it would still be powerful because there's it, the conversation around this body, body image issues and body shame have been around for far longer than we've been talking about it. So this yeah. would have been timely no matter what, but it just feel, I mean, it's just the Lord. The Lord was like, no, now is the time Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. go time, yeah. you know? And, and I feel like for my per my own personal story, it's wild because like I'm back in counseling for these exact issues. Yeah. And, and I didn't know this book was coming out until probably right before And I was like, are you kidding me, Lord? Like, this is amazing. This isn't, I mean, this is like hard. This is hard. This is really Mm -hmm. hard stuff to be wrestling through. And the pandemic did no favors in the matter, but man, like, I don't know. It's just, I'm really thankful on a personal level, but I'm also really thankful because these are conversations, like this is the heartbeat of of what we try to combat every day in our business here at twirl, you know, the bridal suite for us is a battlefield Mm. of let's, we're not going to be negative about our bodies here. Like there is no room for that, but it, it happens, you know, it for, I mean, brides are on literal pedestals in front of people. Right. Right. (laughs) And, and so they're just, either asking for praise or they're getting ridicule and, Mm. and they're already doing it in their own minds, you know? Um, so I just was like, 
man, I know y'all have been asking for Jess since 2018, but like, this is the conversation we were meant to have. Like, Mm. this is, this is the time. This is the time. And I'm just grateful. It's so interesting to me. I want to capture two things. I mean, number one, I want to say like, number one, thank you for being in counseling Mm. about your body image. (laughs) I mean, that, that is actually, actually best case scenario. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because 97% of women struggle with body image issues. And Mm -hmm. the, and the sad fact is that of those 97%, I don't, I don't have statistics on this. So I have to guess from what I experienced, Mm -hmm. but I would say, I would guess if I had to literally go out on a limb, I'd say Mm -hmm. 90% of those 97% aren't even imagining that they are, that they could feel better. Yeah. They are just living in a broken equation that says like, you have body image issues because you're not good enough. Mm. So just, just make yourself better. Yeah. Which is a futile striving, horrible path to live on. So then uh, let's say of the 10% of women that are like, actually, maybe I don't have to feel this way. Um, I don't know how many of them go to counseling, but like, that's it. Like, that's the journey to say, okay, why, where, why did I get here? Why do I believe this? Mm-hmm. What is true about me and how do I want to move forward? It's just the, like the best case scenario yeah. to me. And so I'm so thankful for that because mm-hmm. to me, one woman saying like, this is, this is important enough. My worth, my image of myself is important enough for me to take time to figure out, to go backwards, to go forwards, mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. deep in my own soul. To, to change my behavior potentially even um, is important enough. And, and also that everyone else around me is important enough too. Mm. Amen. Because you're loving so many people well by handling that, by, yeah. by just taking it to God and, and a professional and saying like, help please. <laughs> so number one, thank you. Mm. You're, you're a genuine leader. That's number funny. two, I love talking about this in light of bridal body image because for me, um, particularly, I read about this in the book, but um, I, I believe that most of us either knowingly or unknowingly operate out of a project-based mentality as it pertains yep. to our body. Mm-hmm. And for me, the wedding day was the ultimate test. And the problem is that wasn't just damaging for like pre-wedding day. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just damaging for my actual wedding day but it has been wildly damaging for the 16 years that I've been married. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I told you 15 to 25 was my like dark days. My wedding day was smack in the middle of that. I got married when I was 20. Baby, baby bride, baby, little child bride. My (laughs) husband had to sneak me a glass of wine on our Ah, I love it like an actual baby bride. That makes me so happy. Um, so I, 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 you know, this about the book, I've tried to be very cautious that, that it, I've written, I've tried to write it to be trigger free and, and I've tried to be yeah. really cautious in interviews, et cetera, to not share about the different behaviors that yes. I was engaging with. Um, but if you can just imagine the worst of the behaviors mm-hmm. that one could engage with, yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I thank God every like actual day of my life that he was watching out for who I was marrying because I was not, Mm. I I was not thinking about my marriage. 
Mm -hmm. I was not thinking about my soul. Mm -hmm. I was not thinking about all the friends that had come to spend this time with me. Mm -hmm. I was not thinking about what I was bringing into this new season with me. I was thinking about, do I look the best I can look? Mm. And that's it. Oh my God. And unfortunately for me, this is not true for everybody, but unfortunately for me, my perception of the best I can look was the smallest I could look. Um, and so I did all of these incredibly damaging things to get there. So you can just imagine like what Mm -hmm. the state of my soul is leading up to my wedding day, just a hot mass express. Mm. Um, I am, I'm not thinking about again, my worth, my value. I'm not forget God. Like I'm, and I'm a girl who loves God at this point, but I'm like, you have to put a pin in you because I have this other thing that I have got to get right. Um, and then you can imagine how self-obsessed, how selfish, mm-hmm. how childish, how immature I was on my wedding day, because all I care about is this one thing. Mm-hmm. How do I look? How do people think I look? How do I look? How do people think I look? I don't, I don't remember much from the whole mm-hmm. day, except for like, how exactly do I need to hold my arms so that I don't have back fat? Oh, exactly. it just makes me want to cry. Yeah. yeah. It's but devastating. That's so real. That is and so I've, real. I've written about it in past books too. In other books, like I, um, I have, I have certain memory. I like, this is what I remember. I remember missing the moment. I remember mm. people. I remember like seeing someone there and I was, I know in my memory, like this person was at my wedding. I never engaged with them. I didn't think about them. I didn't pay attention to them. My dad, I, I wrote about this in one mm. of my books. I don't even remember which one. My dad came up to me right before I walked down the aisle and he had like gotten me some kind of shell. And he was like, I want to tell you about this shell and what it means to me. And I was like, dad, I can't. I can't. There's no time. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why is I was like, my makeup, I can't just let zip it up. Let's go down the aisle. Like mm. I have so many, I have so many memories of moments missed. And this isn't everybody's story. I'm glad that I can take one for the team and be the most extreme. Um, you know, this isn't yeah. everybody's story, but but I but the, the part that I that no one talked about for me that I wish someone had talked about for me is here's the other bad news. If you do really damaging and unhealthy things to get to some kind of ideal picture on your wedding day, not only does that mean that you're spending all that time before your wedding, not caring for your soul, not caring for your future spouse, not caring for your family, not caring mm-hmm. like for your own body. Um mm-hmm. But also then you miss out on experiencing the abundance of that day, the actual joy, the actual celebration. And then the worst potential part, I don't know, maybe not, is that you then actually damage your body so much that it cannot function normally. And that's what I did. I, I engaged in so many unhealthy behaviors that like literally now 16 years later, like my body cannot, cannot function normally. Mm. You know, I, I essentially like, uh, I think part of like what I went through in those years led to me being diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and, Mm -hmm. um, wrecking my metabolism and all these things. And so, I mean, you know, it's the ultimate, the wedding day is the ultimate project. Yeah. It's the ultimate project It is the ultimate project. And every bride has the capacity if they want to, I believe in Jesus name to pull the lever and say like, stop. I'm getting off this train. Mm. I'm, I'm not the project. My body is not a project. This day is not about my body. This day mm. is not about my beauty. I'm going to bring my body and I'm going to bring my beauty to the table yeah. in Jesus name, because I get to, and I don't have yeah. to hide those things. Yeah. This day is not about my pictures. Mm. This day is not about like the, the album on Facebook and how many comments it gets. Like 
this day is about my love. This day is about my soul. This day is about the person I'm going to marry and their soul. And mm. anyways, I could actually talk forever. Let, oh, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, well, it's so funny. Cause I had written down like, why is the, why are mindsets like sweating for the wedding? So destructive. And that, yeah. I just love that that float. I didn't even ask that. And it just flowed and happened. And I'm like, praise Jesus. If people hear nothing else, yeah, I want them to hear that, that yeah. it, it, the wedding day feels like the ultimate project, Yeah, but you, you are not a project to be fixed. Nothing's no. wrong with you. And this is me saying this out of a position of like, I'm having to preach that I could cry. Like I'm having to tell myself that every single day. And I'm, I'm a single woman. There's no project in sight right now, other than looking in the mirror every day, you know? And I love in, maybe it is chapter three, because I just listened to you read that this morning Mm. is the, if then Mm -hmm. that we get in our heads. Mm -hmm. Um, if I look, if I fit, so in, in the context of you know, shopping for your wedding dress. If I'm a bridal size six, then I'll, then I'll be okay. You know, how many times have we had the battle with brides of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to place the order when I lose the weight or I'm gonna, you know, fill in the blank. And our goal always is like, no, we want you to feel good in the body you are now because the body you are now is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And we are so, so, and the beauty of like what we get to do as stylist is in the, like physically the way the store is like entourage is in one room and then we get privacy with the bride. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have always said like, we don't like publicly declare. I mean, if you listen to some episodes of ours, we'll share it, but we, yes, we get to style you in beautiful clothes, but like our job is to advocate for you to love yourself period. So good. Period. Um, and, and that's why we love what we do because when else do you really get the chance to one on our side, speak such life into someone and they're in, they're primed and ready. You know, they feel incredibly vulnerable to be on that pedestal figuratively and literally Mm -hmm. of all eyes are on me. I'm going to get praised or critiqued. And it's about my physical body, yeah. you know? And, yeah. but if we get to step in and say like, Hey, 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 that's not gonna, that's not gonna be a story here. Like we want, even if you don't buy from us, which like, we would love that too. Sure. Um, <laughs> Gotta keep the lights you, on. right. Bills have to be paid payrolls thing. Um, but if a bride can leave, leave us same. I feel more confident in my physical body and in who God has made me, whether they're believers or not, you know, in whatever context it looks like for you to believe in your beauty a little bit more and not fixed. If it's external, great. But to acknowledge like my soul and who I am and who I am preparing to be in this next chapter of life, Mm -hmm. that matters so much. It matters so much, but so much of it is is tied up into everything you've just been talking about is Mm -hmm. we get in these mindsets of if this, then that, 
and it equates, well, then I'm not enough. Right. I'm whatever enough. And like, what is enough? What is enough? Who gets to define that? The Lord. And yeah. he already said, yeah, you are because so good. you are, um, and that we're lacking, you know, like, I don't know. It just, it's heartbreaking. And I know, I mean, whether it's the bridal suite or it's going to the pool during the summer or the gym or a mommy plate, whatever it is, everything's a battlefield if we let it be. Yeah. Yes. So, so what does it look like? Give me some, cause I love tangible tactical mm-hmm. things. What does it look like for us to, to break free of body shame, to, to lean into the glory of who we are? Yeah. So good. Also, I love that phrase, lean into the glory of who we are. Come on. Mm, mm. Um, that would have made a great subtitle, right? Um, so hire me, the, hire me. Yes. I'm I'm, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry, girls. Sorry. You know, they, need, they need you there. I was going to tell you that what you describe of what you guys do in the fitting room and the dressing room in those private moments, like that's pastoring. I just want to tell yes. you, like, I know, oh, no. know. like yeah. that's pastoring. Like that's yeah. beautiful. That's it. That's beautiful. Um, like it. Okay. So the actual book follows like a path and it's not the path. It's not the only way it's a way book follows a path, rename, rest, Mm. restoration and revival. And, and in short, those are this like rename number one, a lot, uh, I say a lot of us, I mean, all of us, all of us (laughs) need to go back to our past and the moments where we first accepted, experienced our bodies being named as bad, Mm. whether that was by someone, whether that was by culture, whether that was by ourselves, we need to go back and we need to get healing from those moments. Um, and we need to then actively engage in renaming our bodies as good. Mm. So practically, if I was going to give like a practical step to this, Mm -hmm. um, I would say, um, I would invite everyone, I would invite all brides, I would invite all women of all ages to, um, immediately stop saying negative things about your body just immediately Mm. just decide like this is not something I do this is not something I engage in um even more practically I uh I've been watching and paying attention since the book has come out and I have a really specific invitation if even that feels too big for a lot of people Mm -hmm. if they're like I literally wouldn't know what that would look like all I talk about when I talk about my body is negative Mm -hmm. um here's a really specific one that I've noticed and and I just think I actually think like the whole world would change if we all did this this summer um, when you get together with your friends, because the world is turning again and, you know, we're all out with our friends, praise the Lord, thank God. <laughs> Literally. Um, and you take a group picture because you should, because you're also cute. Don't go look at it mm. because okay. the radical phenomenon is what happens is that we take a group picture and then we all crowd around the phone and then we all say negative things about our body. How do I look? How do I look? How do I look? Yeah. I don't like this one. Ooh, not that one. Ooh, look at my mm-hmm. channel. This one. Mm, not that one. Don't do that. Just mm. walk away. Take the picture and walk away. And when your friends are like, hey, do you want to see this one, Liz? You say like, no, nah, I'm good. No. Nah, hmm. So like, that's like a tiny baby step to a more practical action step. Wow. Like, don't say negative things about your body. Do bless your body. Do speak life over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, obviously there's multiple chapters on this. So I'm saying something really simple. That's like, an, you know, a fourth of the book, right? right. We need to rename our bodies is good. Rest, mm. 
Um, this is not necessarily about rest in the, in the typical sense that we think, though I do believe it involves that, but the, the pathway of rest is stopping striving in our body. So I'm saying pull the freaking lever and say, my body is not a project. My body is not an ongoing problem that I'm trying to tinker with. I, re I relinquish any mm. claims to an ideal weight. I, mm. I want to be healthy. I want to live. I want to experience God in my body. I want to love other people in my body. I want to love myself in my body, but I'm not trying to get somewhere. There's no mm -hmm. finish line. It's done. It's done. I'm not going to strive anymore in my body. Um, mm. for, for some practical action steps for this, I would say like really maybe even write down. I think a lot of us don't, I don't identify that we have a a particular perception. Now, some of us do, some of us have an ideal weight and an ideal size and all those things, right. but I think a lot of us, they're in the back of our heads. And so I, I even encourage women like, write it down, mm -hmm. write down this ideal perception of what you think you want to look like, and then ask God to help you walk away from that. And, mm -hmm. and to actually just say like, it's done. Mm -hmm. We're done. This is it. This Man. is good. So then the immediate follow-up question I get from a lot of women is like, okay, but what if I'm not healthy or uh -huh. what, so what, do you never work out? Do you never right. exercise? Do you not eat healthy? Um, so there's a million thoughts here again, multiple thousands of words in the book about it. Yeah. Um, but I would say number one, we've got an issue that we have equated health with ideal mm. beauty. Um, uh, and girl. what is actually yes. healthy for most women is not necessarily like the American idealized version of beauty current mm -hmm. because that's the hard part. Also, it changes. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We um, can't win. <laughs> we can't win. <laughs> um, we literally can't like some of us, our actual body types will actually never be that. Um, and so you yep. have to determine what health looks like for you. But then mm. also that leads me to the third step, which is restore. And that is restoring the act of worship in our lives in regards mm. to our health. So figuring out what's actually worshipful for us. So for me, yes. running, um, yeah. you know, 60 miles a month is really worshipful. Mm. Um, for me, eating like kale and oatmeal and and omelets occasionally is really worshipful. Also, sometimes for me, having a donut is worshipful. Same. Also, bagel. Me, right. You know how I feel about a bagel. I know how you feel about bagels. Me too. I love a bagel. <laughs> um, the other day, this is a hilarious sidebar. My husband and I were making jokes about like funny things God would say to us when we got to heaven. Like what favorite the thoughts. funny thing he'd say, you know? Yeah. And um, mine, one of mine was like, seriously with all the bagels? Like, really? <laughs> like, really? You're like, yeah, seriously yeah. with all the yeah, God, you made them. That's your business. Um, I really like a bagel, but, um, but we actually all have to figure out what that looks like for mm -hmm. us. What does it look like to glorify God in what we eat and how we move and how we rest and what we do in our bodies? I'm not advocating for, for like not taking care of our bodies. I think our bodies right. are so good. The flip becomes, are we trying to make our bodies good or are we mm -hmm. treating them as if they're already good? Like, oh, let's go. Yeah. That becomes like the big flip. Like, right. Am I striving to make it good or am I worshiping because it already is good and I'm treating mm. it that way. And then lastly, the fourth part of the pathway is revival. I think we have to get really excited and urgent about seeing other women step into freedom because number mm. one, we can't do this alone. Number two, 97% of the women that we love are struggling. Um, and we need to want better for our daughters, our granddaughters, mm. our sisters, our mothers, our aunts, our best friends. We need to be a part of seeing them experience freedom too. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We say that narrative stops here. 
and it changes forever. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, let it be Lord. Oh man. So really, I mean, the moral of the story is guys, you just need to go read the book. It's out today. So that's exciting. Um, man, just, this is, we could sit here for hours and I just, like I would greatly like it. Um, we'll, you know, we'll do that on our own time. Okay. Okay, great. Maybe <laughs> we'll record for a part of it. Cause like, we're nice. Yeah. You know? Cause we like love our people, but we you do. know, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, I would love to know two things. Yeah. One, what has been the greatest fruit of this freedom looked like for you? And two, which is what we ask everyone, which they could be the same thing, really, um, is what is bringing you joy right now? Okay, I'll do, I'll make them both body image related because they truly because they are. could be, yeah. yeah. And um, but they 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 are tied for both answers, honestly, right now. I love it. Um, so the the biggest fruit I've seen is that I I love to share one of my favorite things to share um, that I I really love my body. Mm. And yeah. And I think that a lot of times we need to hear other women say that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really do. Like I, I'm a woman who has gone from hating my body Mm -hmm. and feeling wildly disappointed in it to being a woman who loves my body. And, Mm -hmm. um, that has, that has, and will be the greatest fruit for me always because the freedom is real, you know, and I want, I want the freedom for thousands, if not millions of women. Um, but if it's not real for me, then it's not ever going to be fair for me to talk about. So, Mm. uh, the second thing, which is also one of my favorite pieces of fruit and is bringing me a lot of joy right now is, you know, I have a daughter, she's 13 and, um, I, I, I'm very cautious to talk about it because Mm -hmm. her story is her story and she gets to have her own story. But I, at this point in time, you know, June 22nd, 2021, I don't mind telling you, um, she's really free. Like she's, Mm. she is the, she is the most free woman I've ever met. And she's 13 and she's 13. Praise God. (laughs) Yeah. And so people, a lot of times will be like, Oh, you know, did you do the right things? I'm like, I don't know. She, she was in some formative ages when I was breaking free. And I don't think that hurt to see Mm. her mom living so free. Um, but I also think that her freedom has always rubbed, rubbed off on me and sweet. Yeah. And even the way the Lord wrote my story, like I woke up to life when she was born, um, you know, like wow. I, she woke me up in a million different ways. I, I was a mm. completely different human before she was born, but all that being said, I was in a, I was in an event with her this week and people were talking about body image to her and around her. Mm-hmm. And some other gals were telling them, telling her about like their struggle with weighing themselves. Mm. And this is my favorite. This is bringing me joy and as a favorite piece of fruit is my daughter didn't know the phrase weigh yourself. Get so she said, um, are you telling me, <laughs> She's the cutest. she said, are you telling me you scale yourself? Like, you, her. All right, do you scale yourself? All right. Like she was like offended. Like that truly had no, like truly wow. offended that these girls would scale themselves. She was like, you're telling me you scale yourself? Like that's a thing you do. And they were like, well, yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love her. She was like, we have one of those, but like it's dusty. I don't know. <laughs> it. 
And it was just my, probably one of my favorite things I've ever heard her say, or he told me you scale yourself. Um, that, That's and, and it gave me so much hope that I really mm. do believe like God could raise up an entire generation of women that don't even know that they're supposed to mm. fit cultural standards of beauty. Like that could be a reality that they would be so free that mm. they don't even know that there is like a, a cage that they're supposed to get in and stay in, you know? Wow. Let it be, let it be. be. Oh my gosh. That is like, are we sure she's not like 65? Like that is amazing. Don't, you know, don't get it twisted. She's she's 13 in a million other ways. (laughs) But in that moment, she was wise beyond her years. Oh, that, that is a treasure. That is bringing me joy right now. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Gordon. And I, I love that language too, because I'm like, I want every woman to hear it when they get on the scale. Like, are you telling me you're scaling yourself? Right. <laughs> like I'm thinking of like science class or like fruit. I don't weigh fruit. Do you think I don't. you are a rock? We don't right. need to study you. You're good. Get off that thing. Mm, that's a word. Mm-hmm. I love that. That just, man. If we take nothing else away, like don't be scaling yourself in all the ways, in In all the ways, ways. in all the ways, man, friend, I love you. Thank you for this. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so, so grateful. Oh my gosh. Friends go get this book. Let it. I mean, I'm just like, just go get it, go get it. Let it change your life. Well, Jess, where can we, I mean, if people aren't keeping up with you, they're crazy, but like, where can people find you? If they want to follow I along, am on everywhere. The <laughs> I'm on the internet. I'm on um, the internet. Jess A. Connolly um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things, and um, JessConnolly.com or BreakingFreeFromBodyShame.com. Yeah. And we'll have these tagged in every place you could even think to imagine to find it. But, you know, there it is in your ears if you need that too. But, man. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful to know you and talk about important things with you. Makes my heart happy. Forever Mm. and ever. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I mean, I mean, (laughs) there are just no words. There are no words. Y'all, I hope that this episode met you today in a place that just was ready to hear it and maybe it's one you listen to a couple more times or you pick it back up in a couple months or whatever it may be. I hope if you listen to this again or pick this back up again, I hope that it also means that you have picked up Jess's book, Breaking Free from Body Shame. And gosh, y'all, it this message, this conversation, and by this conversation I mean this conversation as a bigger picture. The conversation that hundreds, thousands, millions of women should be having, need to be having, and are having is going to change the world. And we get to be a part of that. So friends, I, again, I hope that this just met you in a place that is open, is open to thinking about these things, um, taking action on these things, and letting this wildly change the way that we live and the way that we love and the way that we go about our days. Y'all, I love you. Thank you for tuning in. Jess, you know how I feel about you. Thank you, friend, for going there, for writing this book, 
for doing the work and to calling us up to do it with you day after day. Um, it's hard, but it's worthy. And you know, I'm grateful to do this alongside you. And in the words of Jess, God is mighty in you. Y'all, if you loved what you heard today, I would love, love, love if you, first of all, I got like three action items for it. You ready? One, go hang out with Jess on the internet. You can find her at Jess A. Connolly on Instagram, Breaking Free from Body Shame on Instagram. And from there, you can find her all over the place too, JessConnolly.com, you name it. So one, go follow Jess on the internet. <laughs> Two, go get her book. You can get it on Audible, which would be amazing because she reads it. So she's just going to like preach the good word to you. <laughs> um, or maybe get both hard copy, audible copy, whatever you want. Um, but I hope that you will get this book and let the message sink deep into your heart and your soul and your mind, all the things. <laughs> and then third, uh, if you have not already, and you liked what you heard today, will you please, please, please leave a five-star rating and kind review of Pearl Talk podcast, uh, just so we can keep having just powerful conversations for friends to listen in on and you to keep listening to. Uh, you just help us spread spread the goodness and uh, we're forever grateful. Guys, you can also follow along with us over on at Torolex on Instagram. Tell us what you thought. There's, there's a space for community there and we would love to have you if you're not already part of it. Um, we've got just some posts about this episode and we'd love to hear your takeaways. So come hang out. We'd love to have you. And uh, friends, I just hope if nothing else that you just feel a little less alone and you feel more confident and deeply encouraged by this conversation today. We love you. We love you. We love you. Have an awesome day.